Real good. Drill good. Drill good. Real 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 good. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to episode 42 of Real Good Show, a very special episode indeed. Uh, an episode that uh, will probably be underappreciated in its time, but will grow as the years pass into something of a folk legend in the world of podcasting. That's right, it's another edition of America's Best Worst Canadian Sports Podcast. Justin Morissette with you once again, and with me, as always, is... Stefan Heck. John Cullen. And... Kyle Wellwood. And this is for real. Yeah, th- that's Kyle Wellwood's actual <laughs> <Yeah>. voice. <laughs> this is not a vocal impression. Yeah. We, we said we had Jared Leto on a couple episodes ago, and it was just like a friend of mine. What? That wasn't Jared <laughs> no, Leto? No, it wasn't Jared Leto. Oh, my yeah. God. So this is actually Kyle Wellwood. I severely misinformed a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really thought we were getting the inside deets on how I'm, uh, I'm sorry, guys. the performance of the Joker really took shape. <laughs> but Kyle, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. This is... Uh, Honestly, insane. Uh, we, we put up the word on Twitter right before you arrived that you were going to be on the show today, and uh, none of our listeners believed that we were telling the truth. I honestly am sitting right next to you. I can hardly believe that I'm telling you the truth right now. Thank you very much for coming on Real Good Show. Yeah, for sure. I, I wouldn't miss it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is your first podcast appearance, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's my first uh, appearance. I haven't listened to one yet. So you'll have to send me a link after. <laughs> well, I, I highly doubt you would be here if you had listened to one. And I will say that uh, I made that joke earlier when you got here. So it's not exactly unique. But well, you, you didn't have to say that. Well, the listeners didn't know that. <laughs> I figured I should get that out of the way right now before That's you fair. buried me after that. No, I wasn't going to bury you. Are you sure? I never do that. All right. I'm always super nice to you on if, the show. If you insist. Yeah. Um, but I don't. Do, do, I guess we have to do a few things right out of the way. Yeah, right we do. Yeah. yeah. And that is within the first 15 minutes, we are contractually <laughs> obligated to mention uh, that if anybody out there is looking to buy tickets to a concert or uh, event of some kind, a sporting event perhaps, particularly with the playoffs now underway, the best place to do that is the SeatGeek mobile app. So download the app to your phone. Uh, they've got a full listing of concerts and events. You always get the best price no hidden fees of any kind Uh, you can sort it by the best deals in terms of what tickets are most undervalued uh, and use the promo code real good at checkout when you do that for twenty dollars off your first purchase when you use the promo code real good at checkout and i think this will be the most professional seat geek spot that (laughs) i was gonna say during the entire run of our contract because uh, we're really just trying to get it out of the way so we can get to talking about hockey with uh, none other than mr kyle wellwood are you a fan of seat geek kyle have you heard of it N- uh, no, I haven't. I haven't. Heard okay, it, no. that's okay. Well, well, one of the questions I don't want to spoil it, but it is coming up in the mailbag. Somebody said that they took uh, forty-five minutes to deliberate on what the best question to ask you would be, and they settled on Kyle. Which do you prefer, Seat Geek or StubHub? I I like StubHub. My friend. <laughs> <laughs> I use StubHub. I have next season tickets, <laughs> so I sell them on StubHub. But I never heard of SeatGeek, so I'm glad I I, I know it now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can Two use spots. it. Yeah, you have yeah. Nick's Nick's season tickets. Yeah, how many That's... of those games do you go to? I think I've been to one. Okay, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I got them like eight years ago. Um, my my friends were all ticket brokers when they played college 
hockey and um i like the knicks and i always wanted to live in new york one day so i said okay i'll get them and uh, i always sell them and i give them to people who are in new york that i randomly know and who visit but yeah. perfect so yeah. if i want to go to a knicks game i know where to go yeah awesome email me and i'll email you the tickets how many ga- <laughs> how many games in total have you have you been to knicks games one one oh god okay. that was forever that's yeah. Okay. I, we were. I was asking like this year. It's one total. One total. I've, I've been to obviously Madison Square Garden um, twenty, thirty times. Yeah. Well, yeah. But no, I've only got to go to one game. Did they win? Mm, I don't think I finished the game. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was there for three quarters. <laughs> that was enough. Had to go. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is good enough. Was that the first time you had been in Madison Square Garden as a non-player? Um, you know, I had been a healthy scratch a few times oh, okay. there. Oh, well, so yeah. But I I've mean, been in the stands before. <laughs> <laughs> Sampled the popcorn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, were you hoping to make New York your, your post-playing home then at, what, at some point? I, I still do. Yeah, it's my favorite city, so I, I'd like to live there at some point. Probably in my 70s or 80s. <laughs> <laughs> like, the season's tickets, action. maybe they'll yeah. be good by then. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> You'll be making yeah, some like, serious cash. That's the plan. It's a long-term retirement. <laughs> I'll, I'll be front row, hopefully. Be the, be <laughs> By that point. A prime I'll, age to really up. enjoy the city and everything it has to offer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you are living in Vancouver now uh, that your NHL playing days are done. And I guess like it's it seems pretty obvious as to why you might want to choose here. But uh, when you have options like New York, I guess... Why did you choose Vancouver to uh, to make your home in the end? Well, I met my wife when I was playing hockey here. So I'm from Ontario, and she's from here, and from Windsor, Ontario, where I was living. And certainly after meeting her and her, she wants to live here. It was pretty easy to, to pick Vancouver over Windsor. So I was going to uh, say, yeah, that's not much <laughs> of a contest particularly. Yeah, so I lucked out with... Uh, having some in-laws here now and uh, some fi- some friends and family from before. So it's good. Well, I'm sure people are wondering how we got you to come on the show. And uh, <laughs> I- I'm personally wondering that also. But uh, regardless, uh, the-, the connection is, and we won't even bother to explain how we are connected to him, uh, but the person who personally <laughs> reached out to you and invited you on to a real good show uh, was Cone from Sum 41, who I believe is the bassist from Sum 41, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, never mind how we know him. How do you know Cone from Sum Forty One? I'm not even sure how we how we met. Now that you mention it, but um, when I was playing in Toronto for the Leafs, um, I, th- I can't even. I don't even know how we. But we ended up hanging out quite a bit. And he had a, a friend who was a cop too, and we used to party together every once in a while. And uh, Cone, I found out Cone lived you know two blocks away from where I was. So we got together uh, every once in a while and, and kept in touch through email. Just one of those things nice. where you're uh, the same age and like famous in Toronto at the same time. Yeah, I think if, I, I mean it would be like living in Yale Town and going to the same venues, uh, same clubs and venues, and running into each other and you know trading contacts and then realizing uh, you'd live next door and hanging out. It's a small celebrity scene in, in Canadian cities overall. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. But yeah. You don't count yourself as a Canadian celebrity? <laughs> no. Even when, even, when you're, <laughs> even when you're playing for the Leafs in Toronto, though, that's got to have some clout. You can probably walk into a restaurant without a reservation when you play for the Leafs, can't you? 
I think you can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you don't want that, though. I mean, <laughs> most people don't. I don't know. You never tried it. I did it for sure. I did it every single time. <laughs> <laughs> I was nine, 20 years old. Yeah, so I, I always had my Leafs card on me, and if I didn't get in the door right away, I pulled it out, and I would complain. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know who the yeah. fuck I am? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, nice. That's awesome. I was, I, I'm a Leafs fan, so just, uh, just so we, like, these two are Canucks fans. I'm a Leafs fan, uh, and I was curious uh, how it felt for you to play for the Leafs teams that had the worst jersey font of all time. You guys had that like comic sans on the back there almost. I, I you know what? Now that now that I saw that old clip we had at Toscala letting the goal in, um, <laughs> I do I do remember the old jersey fonts. Yeah, it was like yeah. huge. Like it made it like you, you're, numbers, you're, it made me look even smaller. <laughs> now that I, if I watch an old YouTube clip. I look really, really Yeah, because you only have an eight-letter last name, and it took up, like, more than the back of the jersey. Like, it was comically large. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. horrible. I know I, I had one of those, Curtis Joseph, I think, and then I sold it. I was like, I don't want this anymore. <laughs> I mean, Cujo, good guy. Yeah, he, he played well there. He did. But you it was, guys it was the there. font, though. But, yeah, yeah. the font, yeah. Yeah, the font was <laughs> yeah, the real the problem for enough. me. I'm yeah. very font-focused. Yeah. Uh, just in general that's like my kind of my like life philosophy is like font focused so yeah i just couldn't i couldn't deal with it anymore but well uh, i feel like he might be too shy to mention it himself but uh, i'll bring it up on stefan's behalf right now kyle you are uh at least his favorite canuck of all time if not outright his favorite hockey player ever uh so uh this is i just made things a little bit awkward no no the two of it's, you it's true though like well, yeah, I, I am a celebrity. Yeah. Now. Well, after the, after the episode comes, <laughs> now out. I know yeah. for sure. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. When you get the call to be on Real Good Show, that's when you know. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I'm a smaller guy, and I I don't play hockey. I play ball hockey. I play soccer and stuff. And so it's always nice to see a smaller guy succeed in in like a you know a big league. So I thought that was that was pretty cool. And yeah, me and my dad absolutely loved you. And we always said we we judge Canucks fans based on uh, how much they liked you as a as a Canuck. And if they didn't like you, they're complete morons. <laughs> Thank so, you. Yeah. <laughs> Did you, uh, was it weird for you? Because we were, you know, we were t- kind of like going through uh, thinking about different questions to ask. And, and you were, speaking of favorite players, it seemed like when, especially when you were in Toronto, uh, you were one of Don Cherry's favorite players, for sure, on the Leafs. He used to bring you up all the time. Uh how was that? Like, did you, did you ever like hang out with Don or was it ever just like people would kind of tell you after like, Oh yeah, you talked about how awesome you are on hockey night in Canada again. Well, being from Ontario, I I certainly knew that he was talking about me and I also played junior. My best friend at the time is from Kingston and, um, he would deliver firewood to Don every once in a while too. (laughs) (laughs) So, that is the most Canadian um, yeah. thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, my hockey player buddy delivered what he told me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Going over to Mr. Cherry's house to split some rounds in the backyard. Yeah, yeah. at least that's what he told me. <laughs> <laughs> your phone that's how I got on, he'd say. So your Nice. Fo- your phone just yeah. blowing up every time, though? or Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm, I mean, it's a different culture in, in Ontario. They're, they're very leaf-focused, and especially the Saturday night Don Cherry um, minute and a half he gets. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you get mentioned, uh, especially in Windsor where most of my cousins and uncles all worked in the, the auto plants. You know, it's it's a big deal. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Did you grow up as a Leafs fan? or 
No, I like I like Red Wings. Okay. Um, occasionally, um, Pittsburgh or whatever team was good at the time. Yeah. I mo- I mostly like players though. Yeah. I would like players who who would who were good. Yeah. Who was your favorite player growing up? Um, I, I think Lemieux. I really liked uh, Mogilny. He was probably my all-time favorite just for style. Yeah. I thought he had the best style, so I liked him. Do you find it kind of surprising to get that kind of love and admiration from Don Cherry, though, because of, like, the prototypical, like, Don Cherry, Canadian kid player that he preaches every week? Uh, you're not exactly that kind of player. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think Don um, kind of liked uh, having a smaller Canadian kid at center that had some hands. And, uh, you know, there, there's not a ton of us. So I, he, I think he wanted me to succeed. I think one of the things, too, that he brought up a couple times was that, and you were pretty notorious for this, that you almost never celebrated your goals. In fact, sometimes you would score and it would look like you got sadder. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, was the, what, what was the reasoning behind that? I mean, I honestly can't remember a goal where you, like, flat out celebrated huge. I don't know. It's been since I was a kid. I think um, even at like five, six, seven years old, um, I think I scored too much and people would get mad. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd get confronted after the game by parents and other people. Okay. So I think I, think I literally was like, uh, I still don't celebrate. Like I play in the alumni and I still find it odd to keep scoring on people yeah. so I, I just would stop after a couple goals so you just feel like so part of it is like you just kind of feel bad for the other team or are you just kind of i don't know i i really don't know i i haven't been able to figure it out but it's are like, you going it's, nuts it's so in- embedded that right. it, it's like an automatic thing yeah. it's like I- i've scored i'm happy got a second one and I'm, uh, okay <laughs> 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 I'm I'm like less fascinated right now by the mindset of being like humdrum about scoring a goal and more interested in what kind of mindset you need to have as an adult to go yell at a six-year-old kid <laughs> for embarrassing my son. <laughs> it happens. It depends where you're from. I, I think uh, around Windsor at the time, it was pretty normal, I think. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think Windsor, that's probably super normal. Like if you didn't yell at the kids, it was probably a problem like they like because now they'll have like signs in the rink being like oh don't fight each other it's or whatever it's just a game yeah. and everybody like, remain calm at all times yeah please. and in windsor it was like uh it was like the old days of like smoking non-smoking there was like a fighting section and a non-fighting there, section there, there was and there was a lot of different age groups i would play against five or six years olds and seven years olds and you'd switch back and forth yeah every once in a while and then they would get mad because <clears throat> They didn't think you were playing. Then you'd come play, and they'd they'd lose. (laughs) (laughs) They'd all be upset on the bench, like they had some control over the six-year-old's play as a coach. Yeah. Like, do you have like a crazy parent story? Like, I remember because I grew up in a small town in Ontario, also, and uh, we had a parent actually jump over the glass one game he was mad at the ref but it was like this beautiful moment he was like kind of a drunk and like whatever and he he legitimately he climbed over the glass like it was the top rope at like wrestling like the undertaker would go over the top rope and then he jumped down onto the ice and then i think as soon as he hit the ice he was like 
oh my God, I'm on the ice at my son's hockey game. What am I doing? And then he just climbed back over the glass and walked out of the ring. <laughs> so that was the best one for me. Was there any like crazy things like that for you that I, you can remember? I, I think that it was all crazy. <laughs> I think that was like a regular occurrence. It just feels like looking back at some of the games. So they, were all, they were all like that, it felt like. Too uh, intense. Well, let's talk about your NHL career a little bit. Fast forward uh, through the years out of Windsor and then towards the uh, the NHL. Uh, talked about a little bit there how you're like a guy who, uh, you know, you wouldn't think that Don Cherry would appreciate your game. But maybe it's just having a Canadian kid on the Leafs at a time where they were very European. And I guess Don's kind of like that. <laughs> I definitely think that could be it. I think, um, you know, even on, on defense and in goal, I think we had a lot of Europeans. So, and, and they hadn't had any real young players from Canada either. You know, I think they had, yeah, the first round pick was Alex Steen at the time. Yeah, Antropov before that. Yeah, yeah. so I think, I think he was sort of uh, championing... Uh, them to go can go canadian <laughs> you, and you became the poster boy of that movement. yeah so i got to be the poster boy yeah did you feel like uh, beloved by the fans there or did you feel like because of like your skill set you're a very easygoing guy uh, i could see people kind of like giving you the gears that you're not like passionate enough or gritty enough or whatever did you feel appreciated i, th I think i felt appreciated but it, again to me it's all odd like have it being being uh, if if you're playing hockey and then somebody's talking about you and everybody really cares but you don't and you hear about <laughs> it constantly <laughs> it just feels like everybody's odd right yeah so you just go it is what it is and go about your day so like you mean you didn't care about it in the sense of like you just don't really care what other people think or no it was nice right but it, it wasn't that important yeah right I see. Me as far as what what my life was like you know it was nice yeah yeah but but whatever it was just if, another if it's gonna have a hundred people calling me and call my family and everything yeah <laughs> then that's cool it's good the first three times <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ yeah. you call it again yeah, yeah we all have tvs <laughs> dave yeah. uh i wanted to ask you about your number actually because it's kind of an odd well it's an even number but it's like a weird number to use uh, why did you choose number 42? Well, uh, in training camp with the Leafs, they give players and prospects camps numbers 40s, 50s, 60s, and mine was 42. And it just And stuck. they just keep giving it to you, and unless you say, I want it to be my number. Yeah. And at the time when I got called up, it was uh, Matt's, I think got hit in the eye the first game of the season, and... Um, so they called me up and probably the only Jersey they had available was the 42. Yeah. So they gave it to me. And at the time I, I played as 97 for, you know, four years in junior and junior B and in the minors. So I was 97 for eight years and then 42. They just gave it to me. Yeah. I, I mean, was thinking like Jackie Robinson maybe, but that's like a different sport. Yeah. R yeah. Rivera. I mean, yeah. there's, there's a ton of. Uh, notable 42 so yeah. and you just never requested another one because you never thought you were gonna stick or what no i i mean it didn't ma it didn't matter that much to me um i was 97 i wasn't gonna pick that one 
Um, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of nowadays. A, it's sort of normal. Yeah, I yeah. think for for guys to just go, oh, give me ninety one or something. It's like yeah, that would at, at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, exactly. True. It would have been maybe too flashy, I guess, at the time. Yeah, yeah. it was like Federoff yeah, was ninety nine, and Grasky was ninety nine. And in between that, like, you're, yeah. you're not putting yourself in You're, you're there, going to get so. a phone call in from Toronto. G- yeah. Jeremy Roenick being like, hey, kid, yeah, what Roenick. the hell? Yeah, Roenick. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, and I can imagine, like, also probably being called up to the Leafs, you know, the, such a storied organization. It would have been tough to be like, I don't, yeah, fuck you. I don't want that number. Give me a different number. Like, what do you say, right? Especially back then. I think yeah. nowadays you do right yeah. Go yeah like hey where's my locker where's my right gloves like, yeah. should have been here but at the time yeah no you were just kept your mouth shut and yeah well and that leaves team before they tapped you had a, a ton of older veterans on the team too at that time and you mentioned matt sundin what was he like because uh, i think he's one of those guys now that's starting to uh, kind of like similar to yourself where he's at the time maybe wasn't as respected and now looking back the Leafs haven't had really a star player like him since him. You know, I mean, you could maybe make an argument for Kessel, but not the same type of player. And I feel like he's being more appreciated now. What was he like as a teammate? He, he, he was the best teammate I ever had. At the okay. time, I didn't know. Right. Just like you're saying. But he would invite all the players, their wives, everybody over to his house three times a year and host everybody, have it catered. Like, And he was single. He's a single guy okay, yeah, yeah. inviting everybody's wives and girlfriends over right. to his house, you know, and at the time and paid, always took the guys out for team meals, paid for everything. And same thing in Vancouver. He was just never said a bad word about anybody, regardless of who he was playing with. And he, he didn't connect with the people he was playing with too often. Well, yeah, exactly. Right? It it's wasn't, he didn't have this team it says when mcgillney was there he really liked it yeah but other than that but then when like, johnny pole was his uh line mate he's like well, okay well that's thanks a lot yeah 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 so he he you know and he didn't say a word he kept playing and he always performed and he, he was the best power play guy i played with too he yes was, he was so s- strong on the puck yeah that and he could play the half wall and you can come at him because he could shoot it from there yeah but from a, like a standstill, like he didn't move very fast, yeah. but he would take a one step in and shoot it. So um, he, he was, he was really fun to play with. Shoe on the other foot when he comes to Vancouver though. And, and suddenly you're the guy who's been in the room for a few years and you're welcoming him into the room. But I guess when you're a player like Matt's, you're not really too nervous joining a new locker room. No, no, he wasn't that nervous, but um, it, it was, I think he was happy to see me. We, we, had hung out on the Leafs. We were power play lineys uh, on Toronto. That worked really well. But um, he, he actually, I think, I think at the time, um, having him on the Canucks really helped guys like the younger guys, like Kessler and things like that, even the Sedins, because now he came in and he, he would play and practice and things with so much strength. Like, would he like in power play practice or something he, on the half wall he would shoot it as hard as he could even if the defenseman's going to stand there anything right <laughs> and at the time like practice and things like that you just sort of didn't do that but he just did that naturally so yeah. then kesler and some guys started playing a little harder even in practice and they started shooting it harder and you know you could really see them sort of p- pick it pick it up a notch guys so, talking think, amongst themselves kind of looking at him and being like oh my god 
yeah well you know he was six five 230 and he would play hard every time and in, unless the coach said like okay don't block this shot he was gonna do it right yeah. and the coaches have to say okay well we're not gonna have defensemen in this practice <laughs> <laughs> so it, was, it was it was good and for, he also looked guys. like a vampire so there was also that you know that's tough to get in the way of that shot you're like oh boy it's a lot to take in. <laughs> I know you can't comment on that, but I just wanted to make <laughs> a joke about that. <laughs> You're like, no, he's my friend. Don't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got all kinds of questions. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, we talked about um, whether you felt appreciated by the fans. I guess more importantly is whether you felt appreciated by uh, your team. And And you are one of the rare players who went into a situation that all players seem to try to avoid, come hell or high water. Uh, you went to arbitration with the Canucks and went through a, a, a meeting with uh, your general manager. I think it would have been, uh, was, it, was it Mike Gillis or was it uh, Gilman at the time? Was it the AGM in there? Um, Gillis was the GM, but Gilman was the... The guy who was in the, the meeting. Yeah. yeah. And how does that feel to kind of have to be in the same room while... Someone who's like ostensibly your boss is running down all of the reasons why you're not good. Um, it, it, they they had lawyers in the room, okay. doing it, and none of it made any sense. So it would be like having two lawyers argue about something they don't know about, and having a, a judge that doesn't know either, <laughs> and they would bring up some random stuff, and you can't say anything. <laughs> so it was, it was pretty amusing to see um, how those things get settled. But yeah, it was it was bizarre. Just like stat categories that you've never heard of, or R- random stats on on between playoffs and this and the faceoffs and this that. It just didn't. Nothing adds up when you're trying to compare different players because they try to compare you to different players so they find things that you're you're not even remotely like somebody but that's your comparable because of some weird stat do you remember who you were getting compared to i don't i don't i don't remember it's hard to say because at the time um i think i had 18 goals or something and it was hard to compare because everybody makes a lot of money at that range, right? Yeah. So they had to argue not, right? So Because I think that's the thing, right? They're not really comparing you. Like you're saying, they're making stretches. They're not trying to compare you to the player. They're trying to compare you to the player's contract. Or like they'll find contracts that they want you to have of players that are not the same type of player. And then that's where they're having to make those ridiculous. You're like, I'm not, we don't even play remotely the same game or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And and at the time it was, I think uh, the contract difference. um, I think I I ended up asking for 1.25 million and they offered 1.225 million (laughs) before arbitration. (laughs) And I had already gotten there and had my suit on. I'm sitting there in Toronto and, and and I think Gilman or somebody said like uh, like are we re- are we going to do this over twenty five grand? You want to sit through that? And uh, my agent at the time thought I was going to get one point four million based on arbitration. So I was like, well, no, I'll, I thought I was going to get more than this. I was, don't want to go to arbitration. Like I don't want that. So I ended up going. Well, and you're pushing, and I, and I got less. I got one two instead of. So they, they offered me more than I got in arbitration. <laughs> 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 I was like a double whammy. <laughs> 
it's kind of interesting though because I would never. I mean, uh, you know, we're fans, we're outsiders, we don't know anything in the, in the first place. But you always assume that it's kind of like. I would assume that your agent is speaking on your behalf, but I would imagine that like Gilman is making that case himself instead of just passing off a bunch of stats to a lawyer. I don't. He doesn't even pass the stats. I think the lawyers, like the NHLPA, argues for the player. Yeah, and they have to hire their own lawyer agency to argue against a random judge. So, and it's not. And nobody even really. And you're sort of expecting not even a go. So I didn't even know the date. Really, it was like the night before, and I was like, "Oh, you got to go up to arbitration tomorrow." Like, <laughs> it's nobody's really thinking it's that big of a deal. Huh? It's yeah. And then the judge you said is like not even a hockey person. No idea. <laughs> it's just it's no like idea. a court. Yeah, it would be like a traffic ticket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and two people arguing what happened that weren't even involved it's like two environmental lawyers yeah. settling a divorce yeah exactly well you know they never recycled so that's i mean i think the wife should get everything because he just threw his glass bottles right in the trash yeah because I, I would assume that that's like difficult to have to sit through all your employer outlining all the reasons why you're uh expendable basically it, it, it would be if it was if it was your employer but it's it's lawyers so and it's not really making an argument and it's, it's not even making sense it's yeah. numbers <laughs> so, versus numbers yeah it's numbers and comparing you to different players who you know randomly get selected because of a criteria that they looked at i don't know how long they prepare on these things <laughs> i think they just <laughs> click and find a stat and go okay we'll start you this. <laughs> wear a suit and so it didn't, didn't sour anything after the fact other than the fact that you probably felt like you should have just taken the offer in the first place yeah yeah i should have took an offer yeah you know, at the time, I thought I was getting more, and they had already tried to release me that year, right? I, they put me on waivers twice. Mm-hmm. Right. They, they picked me up on waivers, put me on waivers, and then re-got me on the team. Didn't say I was going to stay on the team, so I was living in a hotel for most of the year, and then ended up scoring enough that I played the whole year. So, you know, I was happy to get any contract, but, you know, I wasn't sure that they were pumped to have me, you know, at the time, so... Anything can happen in arbitration. They can release you if they don't like the deal. There's lots of things. So yeah. you don't know, right? Yeah. Um, I, f- I feel like you're a guy who, like a lot of people who are into like advanced statistics and, and puck possession and, and those kind of shot metrics really appreciated uh, at the time because, you know, despite not being what people think of as like a prototypical defensive third line center, you just pushed play into the offensive zone, which ultimately is what you're supposed to do. Uh, and that a lot of those guys who probably really appreciated you at the time have grown up to be, you know, go, go from bloggers in this city to guys working for teams now around the NHL, whether that's Toronto or Florida. Do you feel like uh, your game was almost like a, a ahead of its time, that you could have had a longer career if you just started like three years later? Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, for, for, for me... If, if I got to play with the right players, I always <laughs> I would have made more money and had a better career. So, you know, it, de- it depends what position you get in on the ice. You have to do a job for the team. So th- if you're with the Sedins and you also have another good top six, I think we had Sandine with Kessler and Demetra. If there's a D to zone draw, just 
take the draw and go throw at the other team's goalie and put the, the other guys out again. You know, it's pretty simple. You know, you're gonna you're gonna end up winning most of the time if they're constantly doing that. So it depends what team you're on, what situation you're in. Sometimes you have to focus on the power play and and just wait for your power play because your five on five game is not that good. So it depends. I just, I just feel like the the way that players are assessed in the game is kind of shifting. Uh, towards a little bit more of an analytical approach that probably favored you more than it did at the time. Um, and is, do you like, for example, when you you know couldn't find another NHL home uh, at the end of your your stint? Did you feel like that was not right, basically? No, because I, I would be able to, to change my game a little bit depending on my situation, and they're they're usually looking for specific things a specific element that they're missing a tall d-man to stop the the forecheck or you know a, a right-handed uh person who can play the front of the net you know they're looking for a, a specific thing that they can count on so they, they were hard to put me on a box and exactly how they would use me because i ended up even when i made the nhl i had to find my own i was playing fourth line and trying to find my own way um onto the team to help so you know that's just that's just grinding your way into playing getting playing time you 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 didn't feel like yeah you still had more to offer when it was the end of the line for you that you you couldn't uh, believe that there wasn't an nhl team out there willing to take a chance on kyle wellwood um i i I think after my stint in vancouver when i had to go to russia i was surprised um and then when i left san jose i was surprised that they didn't give me a deal. They signed me to a tryout, but um, I thought I'd played really well there. So I was disappointed um, that they didn't sign me back. Yeah. Like they, they wouldn't give me a one-way deal. And so I was disappointed there and went to Winnipeg and had a good season. But at that point, I mean, you've already played in the playoffs, moved around a bunch of teams, and the, the teams are developing their own players at the same time. So there's not a lot of spots on anybody's team you know even if you the canucks want to add somebody it and you name a veteran it's hard to place them right yeah even though they're better than probably some of the players here you still wouldn't place them on the team for some odd reason that you'd make up so right yeah. yeah you're kind of competing for almost like one spot on every team like you yeah, know like yeah. in the summer going into the fall every team might have one spot that's open for a veteran or whatever if if that right so and they might not they want to use it for a young player because they know they're good enough to make the playoffs so they'd rather have their young player come in and then get the older player later on right they're like oh well we've got a good top six we don't need you to play until february so find somewhere to play and then maybe we'll call you it's like well you mentioned russia um and we've all heard like horror stories about the khl uh you were there pretty briefly what was that like the the hockey was was really good yeah um the people there were really nice yeah it's different culture for sure yeah at the time they were paying really well right like way more than i was could get in, in north america yeah so I, I was very fortunate to to have that chance to go over there yeah and i got to play and then nobody called me to play and then i went to russia and they weren't playing me very much and then when i came back in January when they released me, that's when a bunch of teams called and they're yeah. like, Oh, do you want to come play? And sure. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like all summer long, they wouldn't call. But yeah. if, if you're in January, they might call you, you know, or anywhere. Yeah. So, yeah. It's kind of strange too, because 
you know, it's not like you, you were being showcased over in Russia, right? It's, you didn't build up your game if they're not playing you very much. No, as long as you were practicing somewhere, you know, it's it's the same. I think uh, if you look at what Washington picked up, Mike Richards, you know, yeah. right? He was skating somewhere, so they were like, sure, as long as you were skating somewhere, you know, yeah. we know that we can keep you up to speed pretty quickly. So. And you know, mid-season, you've had injuries that change the situations for all those teams too. And right, right, yeah, yeah. probably a big part of it. I think too at that time, like yeah, you like you say, you went over to the KHL when they were desperate for NHL talent uh, and were paying NHL talent as such. Uh, and so I think too there was there was almost kind of like a a weird rivalry where I'm sure like probably a lot of teams called because they were like, oh, we've got a chance to take a guy out of the KHL, kind of like take one of our guys back. You know what I mean? It, it, and that's exactly what it was. They, you know, especially if you had any type of moderate scoring success they just assumed they could put you with any one of their players and like you would be dominating the game or something but you know you're all adults out there and unless you're in the right situation with on a good line or yeah. <laughs> something you're not going to win the game by yourself so oh yeah they, for they, sure. they they had some pretty um weird expectations i'd have to say yeah definitely and speaking of playing in some different situations you're gonna play collegiate hockey next year for sfu what's uh what uh why well i think uh, it's just time for me to get back in the game <laughs> yeah that's absolutely the bciHL is calling yeah and i don't know i don't know what to say about that rumor <laughs> it's not real no, it's not real. Oh, okay. <laughs> we were definitely operating like it was 100% real. I know. When you guys came in, it was it was pretty enjoyable. But no, no, I'm not playing um, any type of hockey except for the alumni yeah. on charity events. So if you hear otherwise, it's it's not true. I feel sad that we had to debunk that rumor. What if they get into the NCAA? I no, I would not play under any circumstance any type of hockey except for... <laughs> Charity event. Even I, if an NHL team called, I would not be playing. I am looking so. at this press release right now from SFU Hockey, and it is dated April 1st. Oh. So a bit of a joke on their part, but how do you feel being... <laughs> Did the they even contact you to make this joke? Of a or joke that like, feels very believable. I, it's, what, April 17th and I'm finding about it? So, <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't tell me. No. That's crazy. Because, like, I guess maybe, like, Haley Wickenheiser kind of set that precedent, uh, like, went back to the University of Calgary at, like, age 31 or 32 and and totally dominated. And, yeah, I mean, it just – I feel like you're the sort of perfect guy because, yeah, you're known as this laid-back, pretty easygoing dude. People are like, yeah, that makes sense. Maybe he'd want to go back to school and just, you know, play a little hockey, mentor some kids, whatever, you know? Yeah, I, I, w I wouldn't play. No, I wouldn't play. This is the no, quote. I would not I – would, I would potentially – me, my brother's coaching and he likes it, but I, I still don't think I'll be in hockey. But it's it's every once in a while. Oh, yeah. I, I'm a, starting to get like hockey a little more again. So they've got a quote from you here that says, "I've missed the game since retiring from pro hockey, and this will give me the opportunity to play competitively again while also getting a great education from a premier academic institution." <laughs> so they're really putting themselves over in this fake quote that they've attributed <laughs> to you. Well, they got you guys. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah. 
They, uh, I don't know if uh, the arbitration lawyers are still busy or not, but we should give them a call and sue these fuckers. <laughs> this is, I mean, they're just, they're slandering. They're, they're saying this is a, a direct quote from you. This is bullshit. Well, really. It's news. also on your Wikipedia page. It's like into 2016 17 season, Kyle Wellwood will be returning to play for Simon Fraser. I, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> write, what, write whatever you feel like. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been a pretty Canadian episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. Should we do one of our new segments? Sure. Yeah. The, I mean, uh, this is a, this is a brand new segment uh, that we started last week, and we feel like talking about Canadian hockey. No better person to do it with than Kyle Wellwood. So, uh, yeah, boys, I think it's time for loonies, toonies, and clipperoonies. Last week, we heard from a very angry man in Saskatchewan uh, complaining about the weather. Uh, in this case, uh, we're going to hear from a CN rail worker. So this was a, uh, a worker who was on call, uh, and I guess he was expecting to be called in a little earlier, uh, uh, got called in pretty late, and uh, was maybe not in shape to, uh, to go into work. And we'll hear that right now. Hello. Hello. Is that Doug? Who's this? It's Graham at the uh, CP Rail Calgary. Oh, you gotta be fucking kidding. <laughs> You're calling me now to go to work. Right. You bet. Uh, I got a nice one though for you. It don't matter. I can't go. <laughs> I'm fucked. What's wrong? <laughs> well, I fucking can't go now. I, I, I fucking waited all day to go and I had these company come out. We went in the skidoos and we drank five million thousand gallons of whiskey. <laughs> and now I'm more fucked. And I didn't know if I was going to tell these motherfuckers. I can't fucking take no days off. But if you come out here, I guess I'm the best man at this guy's wedding in me. So I haven't seen him in a while, but you know, it's like, well, it's all for fuck's sake, you know. Well, you, you know, you try and mix a life with the railroad. You know, life don't mix with the railroad. So here we are. I'm, I've got my friend out here. I'm the best man at his wedding, and fuck me. Now we're fucking gooned, and now you want me to go to work, and I can't go to work because I'm unfucking fit. So you gotta show me unfucking fit or some bullshit. Or just tell him I quit. Tell him to shove their job up their fucking ass. I don't give a fuck. I ain't working for the here no more. So I'll tell you what. Book me the fuck off sick. Or whatever you want to fucking call it. And if they don't like that, they can fire the fuck me. And I will fucking be gladly be on my fucking way. Because I cannot live like this anymore. How's that? You got that? All right, you're not going to work then tonight. Ah, fuck, I don't know. Am I going? Am I staying? I'm a, I, I got company. If I, can, I haven't seen these guys in years. I show up, you know, and ah, fuck, I can't live like this anymore. <laughs> hey, uh, you know what I would say to you is to book me off sick and uh, fucking book on whenever the fuck I book on. Okay, I'll have to put you sick on call. You can do whatever you want to do. Okay, I, I fucking ain't coming in there. I can hardly fucking see now. I fucking don't even fucking, I ain't going to work. All right, then. Okay? Okay. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like SFU calling Kyle to, to come play next season. Yeah, Kyle, which of your former teammates uh, did that most resemble? Well, I, th I think me and Shane O'Brien did pretty well here. <laughs> <laughs> you might have said that a few times. <laughs> nice. <laughs> another, another fine Canadian heritage moment here. Yeah, really absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, well, we're trying to get that grant money. Yeah, yeah. we got to so. get that Canadian grant money. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, about very as important. Canadian as it gets. So. Fire the fuck me, I think, is what is uh, really just a great use of words. <laughs> that's a great, uh, yeah, pretty solid. I like that. <laughs> uh, well, I am uh, just scrolling through the mailbag right now because we have had a just slew of questions. Yeah, we should we should take it to the mailbag, but before we get there, Stefan, I think. Uh, well, we do have another favorite segment. Of we ours. do have another favorite and, segment. Uh, Kyle, I asked you before we started recording uh, if you'd heard of Bar Rescue before, if you'd watched it, uh, and you've you've seen bits and pieces of it. Yeah, I, I remember the show. Yeah, for sure. I've it, seen it. I mean, it's the it's angry good. guy, and it's it's the fucked up bars. And yeah, yeah. It's good. Uh, so uh, this is a segment we like to call the Taffer Tracker. Yes. Um, and John Taffer is the host of Bar Rescue, and what we're going to do is we're going to show you uh, our favorite clip from uh, Bar Rescue, and just like to get your thoughts on it. You uh, said before you came on the show, your favorite bar rescue moment was that he was uh, at a bar where the the owner and one of the servers couldn't stop uh, PDAing all over the place. Yeah, I don't know if it was the owner or the owner's son, but he was okay. he was kept hooking up with uh, the waitresses in the back, and they were taping it like it was like, <laughs> and they kept letting it go on like it was a live part of the show. So I didn't know if the show was real or not. <laughs> Because it was, it just got happening. They were porn actors. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Were, yeah. <laughs> well, here we go. Stefan's favorite moment from Bar Rescue. While Liz works hard to be a good business partner, foolish owner Bill is happy because everybody's drunk. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> oh, she can't finish it. Pussy. What's your number one responsibility as a bartender? To keep people safe. This guy is promoting an unsafe environment. One thing that infuriates me more than anything is an irresponsible drunk owner who encourages his employees to be drunk, drive home drunk, encourages his customers to be over-intoxicated. He tells his employees, over poor bitch. I've seen enough. What just happened? that? What? A raccoon! Oh my god! Yes. Oh. Wildlife in the bar. You might just have rats crawling across the table. You know that thing is everywhere. Raccoon! That is so scary. Guys, I can't. I can't look at this anymore. I'm done. Unbelievable! Raccoon! That's what every episode is like. A raccoon in the bar. Raccoon yeah. shit in the bar. We talk about John Taffer on this show all the time. Stefan has never actually been here for one of our big guests before, so this is a very rare opportunity to ask you about, about Bar Rescue and your response to the clip that you just saw. <laughs> that, was, that was excellent. That was outrageous. <laughs> the, whole, the whole scene was very well put together. Well, it just builds up, right? Yeah. Yeah, one one outrageous thing after another. The making out, if you saw the video, old old people making out with their shirts off, like, <laughs> employees drinking. Overpour, right. bitch. Yeah. And then the raccoon. Yes. Yeah. And he was, of course, talking about drunk, irresponsible owners. Uh, Do you ever have to deal with any of those in hockey, Kyle? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> 
but no. Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> in, when I was in junior in tier two, when I was like 16. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I yeah, for sure. Quite often, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I think but you kind of. Small town Canada. Right? Yeah, I was going to so, say, you almost yeah. have to be an alcoholic to own a junior yeah, A team or a junior B team. Yeah. Like what else? Like, in small town Ontario, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty normal. I mean, that's how you rewarded the players too. <laughs> you know, you're like 16. I'm gonna you... play on that team. They got drunk owners. <laughs> <laughs> the owners are booting for you on the yeah, weekend. Yeah. You're like, yes. They have beers on the bus. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess yeah. When you're not really neg- when you're not really haggling over a contract, then it's just sometimes it just comes down to the simple things. Yeah, yep. the, the only compensation. Yeah. <laughs> Well, should we get into the mailbag? Because we have lots of questions. Yeah, we yeah, should we get into do. the mailbag. We'll uh, we, we have another uh, obligation before we get into the mailbag. We do? Yeah, we have another app. Oh, yeah, that's true. Before we get into the mailbag, we will talk about uh, Orion junk removal. Yeah. If you're looking to remove some junk from your property in the Vancouver area, there's only one place to go, and that's orionjunk.ca. Yeah. Uh, and they offer very competitive rates. Yeah, way cheaper than all the other idiots. At least $200 less. At least $200 less than 1-800-DON'T-CALL-US because we don't have better rates than Orion Junk. Yeah. And uh, this was supposed to be a, a junk removal segment uh, about what kind of junk we'd like to see removed from the world of sports. Oh, yeah, the junk of the week. But uh, I don't know that there is any junk to be removed this week. The junk removal no, it's, it's, po- it's been a very positive week in yeah. sports, I think. Uh, well... Uh, yeah, I guess. The sports I've been watching. I don't know. I guess the Flyers fans did throw bracelets on the ice Should we, today, or, well, we could remove Steve Mason for uh, letting in that one of the worst goals of all time. Yeah. I mean, we were asking Kyle earlier how it stacked up to the Vesatoskala goal, uh, and you said that you weren't sure if you were actually on the ice for that goal or not. You're still not sure. Yeah, it was. We, we, we looked it up. I remember who scored it because it was my ex-Canuck roommate, uh, Davidson, and it was against the Islanders. But yeah, there's the- no way. I, there's no way I was on the ice then. Yeah, I was. <laughs> he saw the I was video. Just saying, I was like, okay, I was on Toronto first. So <laughs> he uh, saw how the- would I remember that he was my roommate? But we no. we did play the video, and uh, you thought you spotted yourself. Yeah, deep I, in the background. Yeah, on I, the I, ice. I'm pretty sure. I was on the ice. Were the Islanders 90%. wearing the fish stick jerseys back then too? Was that, uh, uh, was that in the clip? I, I don't. I don't think so. We no. did watch it a little past the uh, little past the. Well, fish one of stick our era. like extremely pedantic listeners will. He'll will correct write us. In, yeah, sure. we know who yeah. it is, and he will correct us without question. Uh, but yes, uh, so yeah, Orion junk removal. Oh, yep, hit it up, and uh, yeah, Kyle, if you need any junk removed, uh, give him a call. If you uh, use the promo code Real Good Show, they'll give you ten percent off. So great, yeah. can't argue with that. Yeah, can't argue with that. And maybe at if you show your Canucks alumni card, maybe they'll kick in a little something <laughs> extra. I mean, you know. <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> and we will go from there into a very loaded Twitter mailbag. It's letter time. It's letter time. Twitter time. It's it, it, letter time. What am I reading? Letter time. You've got mail. What am I reading? Next question. Our first question uh, comes to us from Reese Jessup at That's Offside on Twitter, uh, and he has two honest questions. Uh, what was your best or favorite moment in your NHL career, Kyle? That's question number one. Um, 
the best moment was, um, I guess, on the ice was when Matt Sundin got his 500th goal um, because he was just a, a, a really good guy and our team wasn't that good. And it was like <laughs> really important for and him to get it. And it was a sick goal. And it was like a hat trick goal. Overtime. It was overtime yeah. against Mika Calgary. Yeah. 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 Slap shot. And, and um, I think it was a Saturday too. Yeah, and it was. I, yeah. At that age, I was out every Saturday and I was – setting up the plans if anybody would go out and i knew matt's would be coming like, yeah so you're like Pops. i can't believe you just got it like yeah so it's like this is gonna be an awesome night so he's gonna come for sure and if he came like it was always great because like, everything was free everything was free and people were everywhere right this is just like you are literally the most humble guy ever. We just asked you for your favorite moment in your entire career, and you picked somebody else scored a big goal, and I knew he was going to party afterwards. <laughs> uh, Reese's second question is, what is the best story from your time in hockey? And that might be it, I guess. No, that wouldn't be it, be it but I mean, I, I had a great time. So I was, uh, I really enjoyed um, the lifestyle for sure. And, you know, I, w I wouldn't trade it for anything. If you're going to do something, uh, playing in the NHL in your 20s is, is excellent. So <laughs> that's up uh, there. I, I could imagine. Yeah. yeah. So it was a lot of fun. You, you also played with Ed Belfour. Any good Ed Belfour stories? Yeah. I mean, he, he, you know, he was the nicest person ever. The nicest, Except angriest person. He could get angry. And <laughs> yeah. one time, it was uh, practice, and one of our, he's like an acu acupuncturist at the time. He would do acupuncture and guys. So he's not the head trainer, but you always have to have a trainer on the bench. And he was playing with his Blackberry because he's like works on tennis players. Like he's a really busy doctor. And he was <laughs> on, on his Blackberry, and Eddie saw him on his Blackberry from the bench. And Eddie went over, <laughs> put it on the ice, and smashed it to bits. <laughs> And said, if you're going to be out here, you got to be paying attention to the practice in case somebody gets hurt. Like, dead serious, right? <laughs> and, and everybody's like, what? And uh, he almost started crying because all his contacts were in there, like worldwide contacts. At the time, you didn't back up your stuff. Yeah. So you had your Blackberry, and it was like his life. And he just went and smashed it. <laughs> and then went right back in the net. And you couldn't say anything to him. He's a Hall yeah. of Fame goalie, and he took his stuff serious. Like, he got to the rank. He was there early he did an extra hour he was really serious he was like 42 yeah and he would take things ultra serious well yeah because that's the thing and, and at that time he would have because that was towards the end of his career when you played with them he would have had that reputation so like when he did that everyone would have been like okay well that's sure yeah and he was the, he was the goalie and yeah he, he was the man like it was yeah. like you didn't mess with his program so if you came on the bench you brought your blackberry like that could happen to you. And, like that's not his fault. <laughs> like that's that's his work environment. You shouldn't have done that. Yeah, that's so unreal. Great. Well, I guess uh, if you just want to say that you had a good time, all of your best stories are too risque to mention on the air. Then I guess. No, they're not too too risque. But um, yeah, I'm not gonna go through them all. <laughs> but there's always there's always more. <laughs> well, Reese also wants to know what are you up to nowadays? Because uh, I guess it's not playing for SFU like we all were duped into believing. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. Uh, well, I just finished. I was at BCIT taking. Uh, computer systems and personal finance uh, associate certificates. So I finished those, and I was at home 
with my son who's turned five now and then um, my wife is um, going to be a therapeutic counselor so we're opening up a, a practice together a studio so um, I'm just starting to work on that with her now and nice. you were you were talking before the show got underway uh, that your son is uh, uh, n- not much of a hockey player but he is taken to uh, mixed martial arts yeah he doesn't he's not allowed to watch it but um, <laughs> my my in-laws train and 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 watch it all the time and and like to box and for some reason he just has that gene where he wants to punch and he wants to do martial arts and he says he wants to learn boxing so um nothing with hockey i try to bring him he doesn't care so yeah now you didn't play up the fact that there's fights in hockey too i i i I don't know if he knows that (laughs) because he's only seen me (laughs) i don't think he, he knows (laughs) <laughs> yeah I, did you ever drop right. the gloves at any time any level i i think i asked a couple people <laughs> twice and and they were just like no like i shouldn't i think it was jamie johnson i think he tripped me and for some reason i was really upset and i asked him at the face off like like do you want to go and he's like no welly like i can't (laughs) and then and then i found out like the guys were like did you just ask him to fight and i was like yeah just like no he's like really tough (laughs) like like, so no nobody ever really cared to fight me i don't think but you you did try i i did i did i i would have fought somebody i think a couple times but um they would have beat me up and they weren't interested in <laughs> doing that. Uh, a masked tweeter asks about, uh, we haven't talked about Winnipeg actually, and he wants to know if you have any Winnipeg stories, uh, preferably about Dustin Bufflin, if there are any <laughs> that you can tell. Was Bufflin even there when you played? I don't know if he was. Yeah, actually. Dustin he, was, was there. He? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. sure. He's, he, I, he's one, somebody still texts me and, and would would meet me for, for lunch. I, I love Dustin. He's awesome. Yeah. Um, he he is who he is. He's a, a really fun-loving guy. Yeah. He's the same off the ice as he is in the media. He's a good teammate. He's a lot of fun to go to dinner with. You know, I'm not going to – he doesn't have a lot of stories. We're, we're older now, yeah. right? Like, he's got kids. I have yeah. kids, so it's – you know, we're not the – we're more storytellers than <laughs> makers. It's so. not the same guy who you were playing across from when <laughs> but, he was in Chicago. But he's got and the personality. He's, yeah. he's just as funny, right? But I'm sure if he was in junior when he was 16, he would have been different. But um, <laughs> he, you know, he's he's a barrel of laughs and um, just really fun to be around for sure. Uh, you're one of those guys who kind of played most of their career in Canada. He did have that brief uh, stint in, in San Jose. But, uh, uh, you know, a lot of guys talk about wanting to, um, you know, be in a market where there's not a lot of pressure. Like, uh, you know, you're Florida, for example. Though I'm sure there's pressure on them now that they're in the playoffs and all that kind of thing. But uh, is that something that ever bothered you? Just how much attention was on you throughout your career? Do you, you ever wish yeah. you could play somewhere a little quieter? Yeah, I, I would have liked to have been drafted somewhere in America for sure especially San Jose. That was my favorite place to play. I would have played there for sure. I loved it there. Um, But, you know, Canada has its positives. You get a lot of great stories. It's really intense. You know, all your family and friends love it because, you know, it's always interesting for them having you playing. So, you know, but would would I... I don't know if I'd trade anything. I had a lot of fun. But um, America's probably easier to play in <laughs> yeah. times 100. I've been to a few so. games in San Jose 
Uh, and I would have to like, the rink is awesome. The fans are really good. Very underrated fans. Like I, I definitely remember being there and being like, this would probably be a pretty sweet team to play for. Yeah. And, and you know, that's a no brainer. We did the best anywhere. Anaheim, LA, San Jose, like anybody in the NHL would trade everything to go live there. It's just that they had families. It's like, really? When I go on the road, instead of my family being in the cold, they're, in yeah. California, I yeah. don't even know I'm gone because they're, you know, yeah. d- going shopping, you know, <laughs> outdoor shopping too. Yeah, yeah. Know. We did have somebody write in and ask uh, what the best rink to play in was, but I guess you just answered that in San Jose. Um, it it changed by year. You know, I, I it depends on the rivalry too. Um, Chicago was really fun to play in when I was on the Canucks. That was fun because um, they were just starting to get going and they had those different music for when Kane scored and things like that you know it was it was it was it was uh there's there's a lot of different eras of good ranks you know it depends what the team's like too on the flip side what was the worst rank to play in i think the the islanders rank when they when they weren't very good there um, it's sort of in the middle of nowhere and it looks abandoned <laughs> and you had a hotel that was really bad and really close to the rink and it just it, it felt like you were in a different country almost <laughs> like you were like in russia more like your your russian play <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah and it's like nobody's really coming to this game and it was just there's no atmosphere there's no music during the games either right it's not like basketball Sorry. where they have music going all the time yeah. Did you, speaking of, you know, you brought up playing against Chicago and they're good players. Who was the best player that you played against? Would you say? It's the same thing. It would, it would change. It would change by year. Right. As okay. you're, as you're going on. Um, but Kane, he was, he was, he was really good. Um, those years difficult. He had like a, a, a speed button when you're playing video games where he would, you you're sort of near him and then he would somehow have another gear but it yeah. didn't look like it and he would move right. away from you and, and you'd never catch him and he'd even do that in uh d zone like you're, you'd be playing him fairly tight and all of a sudden he would get some room for himself with his speed button so he was tough and then dotsuk was really bad he, he like because his angles he could go to the backhand he can do a lot of different things so he was he would embarrass you who was uh <laughs> who was a player you played with when you were younger that you were shocked or it could be with or against that you were shocked never ended up having like a big career because you had a pretty good ohl career world juniors stuff like that i i, I can't say there's anybody um I, I think that's such a long time span to be a hockey player that at some point you're gonna be good and that's enough so yeah right um you know there's too many factors to to see if you could um make it or not i mean my brother's retired he's 22 he played in the nhl before i did he was I think 19 or 20 when he played his first game and he had to retire because he hurt his achilles so it's hard to say you know people right. could be 16 and amazing and you know they get a concussion or hurt their legs you don't know so yeah, it's yeah. Hard to say. Well, we got a, a question here that's um almost more of a letter than a tweet it comes to us from matt straw who asks during university, I worked as a busser at GM Place in the Captain's Lounge. On Lyndon's Jersey retirement night, the whole team came up after the game. I was specifically instructed to guard the dessert buffet from Kyle. Why would they ask me to do that? 
<laughs> Clearly, people like to play tricks or something. I don't know. Like, really, it wasn't me who said it. So well, I have no knowledge of it. Well, I feel like there's like some photos out there that are, are kind of infamous in Canucks lore of you like loading up a plate of salad where you, while you stare longingly at some noodles. Yeah. Uh, like, was Vancouver very like strict on you from a diet perspective? Yeah, they they had to be. I mean, I I when I was with Toronto, I, I was, um, I had three groin surgeries and I had, I broke my leg too, training and I was like really out of shape and I was, I was feeling bad about it. And then, so they called me in with my broken leg on crutches and I had to take the train up on my crutches and they called me in and then like, well, I'm gonna let you go. Like the new GM Fletcher, I think it was. And I was just like, oh, okay, well, thanks for having me. Like, <laughs> I, I had three surgeries and broke my leg. So now uh, you're putting me on waivers. I go, great. And um, I was really hoping not to go to Canadian team because it, it was, um, I think, just end of May or start of June. And I was like, okay, this is already in the Toronto paper. Like, I don't want to, like, I'm already, no, I'm not going to be in shape. So uh, then Vancouver picked me up. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> and then uh, some paparazzi came. I was, I was in my, I was at my condo building in Tecumseh, a small town, right? Yeah. And it's almost like a seniors area. And we have full trees, everything surrounding our pool. And there, there's some, you know, seniors around that I know from my building. And all of a sudden, some guy came out with his camera like through the bushes and they're like well, what's that guy doing like they were all freaking out and i was like what like i didn't know either right and then sure enough like three days later it was um in the paper all the all the major newspapers yeah the photo of you sitting the photo poolside. sitting poolside with a book i was just it's like what the heck happened you know so i don't know people are crazy man which book were you like, reading I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I was into at the time. Probably a fantasy novel of some sort at the time. I, I This is purely on memory, but I seem to remember there being a Subway sandwich on the table in that photo also. Do you remember what sub it was? What's your go-to uh, uh, Subway <laughs> sub? <laughs> probably roasted chicken, but I can't, I can't say for sure it was even mine. <laughs> I, probably, I probably had Little Caesars next door. Might have been one of the and, old retired yeah, ladies. Yeah, somebody else had the Subway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, how, like, how much did that photo, like, one specific afternoon, one photo that just, like, seemed to circulate forever, for a while, did you just feel like that, like, ruined your life, basically? I don't know. I, I just didn't know what was going on. <laughs> like, all of a sudden, you're on the front page, and somebody paparazzied you. You're just like, whatever. Like, I don't know. It's not my fault. Well, you didn't expect like, it at all, right? Like, Of course not. Yeah, yeah. It was the middle of, like, yeah. May, and I'm in a small town by my pool. And yeah, that's Somebody so parks weird. their car and sneaks up and takes a photo. Yeah. And then, then the Toronto Star runs it on the front page, and Vancouver does, too. It's like, what the heck is going on? So, it's bizarre. Yeah, so too knows? bad you weren't playing in Tampa. Then they would have been like, Yeah, it would be no big deal. Yeah. And I was already like, oh, man, I've had three surgeries. I'm like, how am I supposed to be playing in a month and a half with this broken leg? And then uh, so I, I came to Vancouver right away and started training. Yeah. and then uh, ended up somehow making a team <laughs> after that. You did it. <laughs> well, you mentioned a fantasy book, and you mentioned video games briefly. A friend of the show, Verviticus, wants to know, have you played Dark Souls 3? 
Or do you play video games in general? I, I can't play video games anymore. No, no. With a kid, I and with, yeah. I I do I do watch. Okay. So I like. Um, I used to play Dota too, so I watched Miracle. He's my favorite. Yeah. That's that's my one go to uh, if I'm gonna watch something on the internet. You watch esports streams. Yeah, only only Miracle though. He's the best. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only talent I like. So, uh, Rubiticus also asks, uh, "Who are you cheering for in this year's playoffs, and do you have an NHL team that you cheer for regularly?" Um, you know, I I I, I cheer for players. I, I've always I, yeah, I guess can't seem to change. I try to change and pick a team or something, but I I cheer for players. So, I I know enough people that. Um, I know somebody who wins every time. <laughs> but, um, I think I would want San Jose to win because um, I'd like to see Joe Thornton win. He's worked so hard at it, and he's a really nice guy too. So I'd like to see San Jose win. Um, but I think Washington has the easiest route to the finals. Yeah. So yeah. I think they'll be healthy in the finals. And you've kind of hinted at it as we've been talking uh, during the course of the show, but I think you touched on it more before we started, just needing to kind of take a clean break from hockey after you retired, basically. Because I guess that had been your life, essentially, nonstop for the majority of your life until you retired, right? Yeah, and I I think, you know, they know that. You know, you can see the players. There's some players that, in any sport, they, they just get up and do the sport every single day in their mind frame doesn't change and i was never really like that you know i would have days where you know i didn't care to go to the rank or not you know and that's not something that you like in athletes you want the guy that every single day like the sedines like yeah. every single day i'm telling you the sedines get up and they'll come to the rank and have a 100 percent perfect workout and practice and coffee and nap and everything <laughs> they do you know and 100 percent of the time for 20 years you know, it's just amazing. They so, just live for it constantly. And it's, it's the most demanding job. So, you know, there's some guys that they, they just don't like a Bo Horvat. You know, he, you know he's still thinking about the season and, and you know, be working at it. And that's why he's going to keep his job for a long time, you know. Yeah. Where we some guys Sorry. No, go ahead. We uh, we we did get a lot of questions from people asking if you would spare for their beer league team. Uh, you have said you're not going to play hockey again, so I'll ask you a different question that was posed by a tweeter. Uh, if you were to say play a beer league game, how long do you think you could keep the puck without anybody even touching you? If if I was in good shape, if I was in really good shape, most of most of the game. <laughs> 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 nice of the game, I think. But it it depends who who I'm playing against. Right? Yeah, I'm not even talking. Yeah, like uh, we would say like mid level beer league. Like we're not talking like Div One because like Div One at eight rinks is pretty. Like there's some ex NHL guys, ex pro guys in there. Like that would be a little tougher. So yeah, like mid mid range beer league. You'd... It, it would just be, come down to your energy level. Yeah, right. my energy level. Right. If if I had the energy, you wouldn't get it. But if, if I didn't have energy, which normally happens quickly, <laughs> you'll be able to get it. You know, so I think that's what it comes down to. Nice. We got another question here from Trevor at Toucan Boots, who asks, "Who was the best reporter to be interviewed by? Any favorite media guys other than us?" Yeah, yeah. There was I. You know, I was never good enough with their with their names though. But um, there was a, t- a tall guy. 
<laughs> Shout out tall guy. Yeah, there's a tall guy in Toronto that always had a, a, a funny grin on his face, no matter what anybody was saying. So I always like um, would laugh because it didn't matter what the interview was or who he's talking to. He had the same laughing grin. He was tall, so I always would see him. <laughs> Ed Belfour is like, "Why the fuck are you smiling?" Yeah, it wouldn't matter what it was about. Like <laughs> the, the eight straight loss. How are you guys feeling? he also asks nicest guy in the nhl which i think probably matt sundin for you um yeah yeah he was he was the nicest captain yeah for sure if you're gonna have a captain like he was he was the guy like never said a bad word about anybody always tried his best always played hard always wanted to win and you know had way more intensity than you could give him credit for you know but um nicest um I think everybody's pretty nice, but you're allowed to be nice. I mean, you, all you have to do is play hockey and you get a bunch of money and you, you it's all about you most of the time, right? So you can you can be as nice as you want. The the follow-up question is who is the biggest asshole? Um I I think most mostly management's assholes. I don't think <laughs> I don't think there's many players that get the if if you if you're a player and and you get the asshole then you know you're not going to last in one place very long. So you can guess. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You can the fans would would know for sure. If somebody's an asshole, they, the fans would know. I feel like that's one of the cool parts about hockey is that you can tell that. You're like, "Oh, the way he hit that guy or the way he gave that interview, he's probably just not a very nice person." Yeah, I, and and you can tell just because you have to have so much intensity when you're playing that you can't hide your personal feelings or emotions that you know exactly what somebody's personality is sort of like by watching them play hockey. Yeah. Which is interesting. What about uh, hardest hit or hardest hitter? Um, I I always tried to avoid them. <laughs> and you're pretty good at it. And you never knew because there's some guys who are, and a lot of guys that don't hit very often, but they're really strong and thick. Yeah. Like, and if you if, if you bumped into them and they leaned into you, like you were you were hurting. So I I just avoided everybody. <laughs> Fair. Good strategy. Yeah. Yeah. But if I did hit somebody, it, um, I made sure it wasn't a guy who's going to lean back into me and hurt me. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> We've got a question here. It's another video clip for you to watch asking you to react to uh, uh, this video of uh, Elaine Vigneault being asked about your play and specifically whether you were playing like a man possessed. <laughs> were you encouraged by the, the play of the third line the other night to Wellwood, uh, Bernier, and um, Dimitri? It seemed like Wellwood uh, was a bit of a man possessed as much as we've seen him anyway oh, <laughs> well knocking guys off the puck I, how many, how many body checks have you seen yeah no no I, yeah. I, I do agree with you that I thought that that was one of their better games I think sorry, <laughs> as, sorry. as much as you can I, I think <laughs> I think one of the reasons is because uh, Demetrius sort of finding a stride a little bit <laughs> and we'll leave it at that <laughs> See you guys. <laughs> there you go. Your head coach can't stop laughing at the idea that you're playing with passion. How does that make you feel? Well, th- th- that's how he felt about me. I already knew that. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> I, uh, you know, sometimes that happens in, in hockey or your professional life. You know, I'm, 
I got picked up on waivers because I think uh, people in the upper management, GMs and scouts, had seen me play before and said we can rehabilitate him and get him to play. And um, uh, Lane was coaching a team, you know, he wanted to bring to, you know, the finals, and he probably already felt like he had some guys like the Sedins that were sort of softer, so he didn't really want me on the team. (laughs) So he threw me under the bus right when I got there and said, like, I wasn't in shape or anything. But I had been there for, like, two and a half months already training. So the training staff was kind of upset that he had said that um, about me. But, you know, he was just trying to protect his team because he he wanted the guys he wants, right? Did you you make a believer out of him in the end or, or no? No. <laughs> no. Score 20 it goals. It doesn't it wouldn't matter. It doesn't matter. There some, you know, he's a coach. He's looking for specific things, you yeah. know. And if uh he has to deal with what he has because he doesn't make all the decisions. So, you know, you just have to to deal with that as as a player and you play for the team. You don't play for the coach or anybody else yeah. like you have your own job to do and you play for the team and you have to do what's best you talked about this a little bit earlier in the interview uh basically being hurt that you couldn't find uh, a team to take you after you were done in vancouver did it hurt also that like those connects teams were seemingly so close uh every year that you were here on the cusp of of greatness and they finally go on that run basically as soon as you're gone like did it hurt watching that run not getting to be a part of it well i i knew i knew they were going to be excellent like i was on the team and i i knew like i i know the game pretty well i knew what they needed so you know when they got my holter i said oh that's a, a perfect fit for them because i was doing a job that is it didn't suit me right yeah. they're playing a center checking role where they sort of needed somebody with speed to carry the puck not flip it or shoot it <laughs> to the goalie or like fake four check they needed like more of that right so i ended up in san jose against them in the conference finals and that was a better match for me. So I was happy in San Jose because it was the right role for me because I could move on offensive lines, right? Because yeah. they, they had nine offensive forwards. So instead of this, they were maybe six offensive forwards and six speed checking forwards that would, you know, play with a lot of speed. So it was just different tactics. Um, but I, I, my, I think my San Jose team um, – unfortunately we had to go to seven against Detroit and they had an easier matchup against Nashville. And then it was tough traveling and, and trying to play them, but we, we had, we had played them in a regular season and and I thought we were, we were a little better, but that was the best. They, they, they were the best team that year, Vancouver. Yeah. It's just amazing that they ended up losing. Like they were, they were the best team to play. Like I knew they were the best team even coming to the series. I was like, Oh no, like, we, went, <laughs> we went to seven against Detroit. Like it's a lot about your energy level, yeah. right? Yeah. And Vancouver was, all speed like even our defense like bx uh Erhoff, like they just played aggressive like just full-on speed everything so aggressive right so well and that so. travel san jose to detroit is not uh that's not your ideal series you want to go to seven in no no and 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 they 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 closed up their five series pretty easily so you know we had some concerns going into it um about the energy levels but um they, they put they played well you know the Sedins were great in that series. They took advantage of our D in San Jose, Henrik and Daniel. You get the wrong matchups. There's a shinny. If you want to ask guys to play on your shinny team when they retire, um, <laughs> you will not get the puck from those two. Yeah, I couldn't we even imagine. It. No like, NHLers get it from them in practice. Yeah, so. And they don't get tired like I would. 
Uh, we got one more, maybe. Yeah, and we move on to our final segment. Yeah. Our final but, uh, segment, which is uh, which, Kyle, you can participate in this segment too. It's a uh, it's a classic. Yeah, it's a great segment. Yeah, yeah. Well, our final question, I guess, somebody uh, is asking: <clears throat> Do you regret coming here and doing this, Kyle? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No. Right. I, I don't have a lot to do at at nights, so it's it's nice to have uh, some company. Besides <laughs> <laughs> so Netflix, yeah. Well, hey, listen. If you want to get back into video games and you just don't want your wife to find out about it, well, yeah. uh, you can come over here anytime. Yeah, it's like uh, you know, Cone back in your Toronto days. John lives pretty close. Yeah. Just come yeah. on yeah. over. Play Got a little PS4, PS4. Get some FIFA. Okay. Yep, yeah. Exactly. You can make I'll, up. I'll, a, I'll say I'm going for a run and put on my running gear. <laughs> you want to see you all? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I was back the, an hour and a half. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You're just rocking out and playing some, uh, yeah, playing some Dark Souls. So whatever. Yeah, anytime. You're more than welcome. <laughs> and I will ask you one more here. Brant Hardy, friend of the show, asks, oh, yeah. "Hey Kyle, what's it like knowing you are like the ninth best center in Canucks history?" <laughs> That's surprising because I I didn't even play in the top six here. You know, I hardly got very much ice time. Um, that seemed too high or too I, low to you. It, that must be his own list. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, I played well in Toronto before I got hurt. I, I can see. I, I remember I was getting good stats then. Um, but that's a, that's. Uh, so I, I I wouldn't be surprised if I had a good good points average there and I played well there. But in Vancouver, um, I was more of a role and just tried to do it properly. And um, you know, I had fun. All right. Well, that'll do it for the Twitter mailbag, and we'll go from there into everyone's favorite segment because it means we're on the home stretch, the cherry on top of our cynical Sunday when we pick the things we like from the world at large. It's cultural recommendations, Kyle, if you have anything that you want listeners to check out. We call it One Good Thing. If a lot of people love each other, the world would be a better place to live. Gentlemen, what do you like this week? Well, John, would you like to go first? No, or? you go. Uh, I've been listening to a, a little band called uh, Imagine Dragons. <laughs> I, uh, I found them recently, the indie band, and okay. uh, yeah, they've yeah, got yeah. a song called uh, Radioactive. Okay. And uh, I think I sent you the link to it, Justin. You did, yeah. So we can play it. Okay, but is this, because last week you said it was radioactive and we, it turned out it was Hozier. I shazammed it after the episode was over to confirm what I was. No, it was Imagine Dragons, radioactive. Okay, well. And this is, uh, it's just such a good song. I wanted to play it again. So you wanted to do it two weeks in a row for your one good thing? Yes. Yeah, I'm allowed to do that. This is Imagine Dragons, radioactive. Okay, no, this is not, this isn't it. There's not even, this doesn't even sound like radioactive. Yeah, but aren't you imagining dragons when you hear this song? No. I'm imagining like a kid's nursery. Like it's got the little plinky and we were together. Yeah, he's talking about being together with dragons. No, no, no. It's like a breakup song. No, they just like, because it's like, see, you felt so happy you could die. Yeah, because they're dragons. They're dangerous. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, it's like, no, they're trying, it's like, this is not even, this is an Australian, like, it's not even an American band. This is Imagine Dragons. No, this is Gautier. We can stop playing it if you want. No, this is yeah. Gautier, someone the, I used to know. Almost the chorus, I think. Oh, when yeah. he starts singing about Radioactive. Yeah. No, because yeah. this doesn't even, no, they're not at the, they don't sing it in this part. This is the little, this isn't even aggressive. Like, the Imagine Dragons, like, Radioactive is like, Radioactive. Like, they get really into, this is just like, beep, 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 beep. This is Radioactive. No, well, no, it's not. I bet it might be Radioactive, because it's clearly done no, something to your brain, it. because this is not. Oh, 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 no, this, oh, Radioactive. Why are you on board with this? You know, you're a radio DJ. This is not, what the fuck is happening? This is not Radioactive. <laughs> Turn it off. This right. is wrong. This is wrong. You, that was you, Radioactive by Imagine Dragons. <laughs> this is bullshit. Okay, that was Gautier, somebody that I used to know. John, would you like to recommend something Jesus uh, this Christ. week? Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'd like to recommend Stefan see a therapist instantly. Oh, I already do. Oh, so. well, good. Well, then see a second one because you clearly have some problems. Uh, shit, I don't even know what I want to recommend this week. Uh you want to go? Uh, I or even or thought Kyle about can it. go. Are you, are you reading any books that you want to recommend? Still into the fantasy or what? No, I haven't. I haven't got into too much. I'm, I'm got a cottage. So I'm reading about plumbing. <laughs> it's good. I go to the library all the time for me and my son. I, I do like to get a lot of different books. So, uh, but check out a uh, miracle Dota two on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> He's awesome. Uh, if you. <laughs> Keeps me up sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> is that YouTube, Twitch? Is he? Is he no, he's got no. He's 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 the best at Dota too. He's a, he's has to be the best video gamer alive. <laughs> I kn- it's amazing. I'm get okay. I've I will recommend. Like uh, I got. I'll, I'll go along this vein with Kyle. Uh, and uh, they just had the uh, the. They do this every year. The awesome games done quick. Uh, video game festival. I don't know. Yeah, Kyle's nodding. You've seen a few of these before too. I'll tell you, uh, for some reason, people doing speed runs of video games is very arresting to watch to me. I don't know why. It's I'm. It's wrong. I, it shouldn't be this entertaining, but I particularly watched these two guys did a race against each other uh, to speed run Mike Tyson's punch out blindfolded. And uh, they, because that's a new thing. That's like a new, because Mike Tyson's punch out, everybody is like developing these different strategies. And then, yeah, these two, so they now have strategies for vision and for blindfold. And these two guys both know how to do the blind. Because obviously, if you've played Mike Tyson, you know the boxers are programmed to punch a certain way. So most of the time, you can just, it's just a series of buttons and you just memorize the series of buttons. But there are a couple that are random and then they have to do these different sequences. Anyway, two guys going against each other. I didn't know it could be so entertaining, but it certainly was. So there you go. Awesome games done quick. Uh, check any of it out. It's for charity. Uh, but yeah, but those two, that one especially. All right. Well, uh, I will wrap things up by recommending a film. From uh, Netflix. No, not from Netflix. Oh, whoa. But I also didn't spend money to see it. So oh, so okay. Your, so your in whole your thing vein. about that I don't spend any money on the things I recommend still holds true this week, John. Nice. Uh, this is a film that uh, does not actually come out for another three weeks, but I got to see an advanced screening Ooh. last week of uh, Captain America: Civil War. Cool guy, and uh, it was awesome. I like. I cannot recommend it enough. I know I like recommend a, a lot of these Marvel things, but I really did not like the last Avengers movie. It was very. 
humdrum and kind of average and <laughs> that's how i feel about every superhero movie <laughs> well this one was uh, a lot of fun and i thought captain america the winter soldier was like their best movie thus at, to that point sure uh i love the, the captain america movies outside of the first one apparently which just has like a really good opening act but then feels very much on the rails because captain america's like <laughs> Like, origin story is more the end of the story than the beginning, you know what I mean? No. I know well, what you mean. Sorry. Yeah, he gets yeah. trapped in the ice at the end, whereas, like, most superhero movies, it's like they become the hero that you know in the first, like, half hour or whatever. Regardless, Winter Soldier was awesome. Civil War is even better. It's such a great summer movie. It's so funny and, like, has really like high stakes it's pretty like dark for one of these movies too uh i really enjoyed it a lot and uh this is obviously why i got to go see the movie for free early so i could come on things like this and talk about how awesome it was my one regret is nobody else has seen it so i don't get to talk about it with anyone uh but uh, spider-man i feel really bad for you spider-man <laughs> is in it and he's really funny it's probably like the best movie spider-man that they've done so far right he's like a 16 year old kid and uh marissa tomei is aunt may and she gets like very aggressively hit on by tony stark at one point in the movie but yeah like iron man and spider-man together it was it was so much fun comes out in like two weeks definitely go see it. it'll probably be the most fun movie that comes out this summer cool. so and another news justin will be celebrating his 17th birthday next <laughs> <laughs> captain america civil war and with that that will do it for this week's episode our roommate is brooke halverson our producer is jessica sands and boy did she come through with and a cone. monster get this week. Yeah, and tip of the hat to old cone as yeah, well. Thanks, cone. Uh, our <laughs> interns are both Seat Geek promo code real good and Orion Junk Removal promo code real good show. Our guest was uh, the inimitable Kyle Wellwood. <laughs> Kyle, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, guys. It's fun. <laughs> I'm Justin Morissette. Stefan Hack. John Cullen. Be real. Be good. Be real good. Well Dota. Oh. Oh. I should have gone with Dota. Yeah. We oh. say like a word at the same time. And we usually don't episode. match up. <laughs> and, and we didn't match up. You talked up about and Dota and Yeah, no, I should have I should have been on it. They're right. on the same wavelength here. Yeah, but, no, I no, it was no. my fault. Yeah. Well, I'll take the blame. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, be sure to come back next week when we probably don't have a guest. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> yeah, that who the will fuck were forty forty three for the Canucks? I yeah. don't know. Uh on Alexandra Bolduke will be here. Yeah. <laughs> uh it'll be a great time. If we're being honest, Kyle, the only reason we've kept this number gimmick going for so long is because we knew if we got to forty two you would eventually come here. <laughs> So. And it worked. <laughs> Somehow that worked. Yeah, persistence <laughs> paid off. Yeah. Very clever. <laughs> you, spe you specifically requested this episode number, too. You're like, yeah, I'll do it, but only that episode number. I did. I think you I assumed the podcast sure. would fail before then. Yeah. <laughs> then it was smart to limit yourself to one episode. That was, you're like, no, this is my episode and never again. Yeah. <laughs> Which was very smart. Yeah. We'll see you in yeah. 100 episodes yeah. <laughs> if you're willing to come back for 142. 142. Yeah. <laughs>
comes to a mate It's one thing to complain But when you're driving me insane Well then I think it's time that we took a break Maybe we're just trying too hard When really it's closer than it is too far